Attention Life Tips listeners, looking for better ways to become better, smarter, faster, and wiser? Well, listening to Life Tips is a great start, but how about if we gave you an easier way to listen? Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to Life Tips and even more programs that will help you build to a better health, wealth, and lifestyle. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better. It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Life Tips Show. Glad to have you back. I'm here with Dr. Jamie Coppin. Dr. Coppin, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Byron. I hope you're well. I'm well. No, no problems with me, but I'm guessing my listeners in the show today have some problems and they need some help. Let's talk about dropping acid, not the actual dropping acid, acid like I went through in the late 60s, early 70s. Actually, I'm a little <laughs> bit younger than that. But, but let's talk about your book and what's new with Acid Reflux. Your book, of course, Dropping Acid, the Reflux Diet Cookbook and Cure. Uh, you spent a lot of time and spoke about this nationally and you really are an expert in this topic, and we, we really thank you for being back. Really great to have you on the show. Thank you, and it's my privilege. So we were just chatting a few minutes ago before the show, and you've, you've really now concluded, I think, amongst the medical community that the famous purple pill is really not doing it for people. Can you explain that a little bit? What is the purple pill? Why have doctors for so long prescribed a pill, yet another toxic thing you put in your body to, 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 to cure something? Explain to us what the purple pill is and why it's very simply out. Purple pills are, is a generic way of saying proton pump inhibitor. And that's a class of drugs that cause acid suppression. Uh, we were very, very excited when proton pump inhibitors or PPIs became available in the late 80s because prior to that, um, the medicines we were using weren't curing reflux. And so when these pills came along, so understand all of this is still relatively recent history. When these pills came along, and the purple pill, Prilosec, Nexium, uh, uh, Prevacid, Dexalent, there's about uh, 12 of them now, uh, proton pump inhibitors. When they came along, we said, oh, we're going to be able to cure reflux. And so what happened is the doctors began to use this as the primary treatment for reflux, including people who had primary esophageal disease. Those are the heartburn, indigestion sufferers. And even those who had silent reflux, and silent reflux is my thing because I take care of people with voice disorders, and reflux can occur at night and can occur silently and cause hoarseness, chronic cough, asthma, sinusitis, difficulty swallowing, too much throat mucus, post-nasal drip, and on and on and on. So any, any part of the airway or the digestive passage can be affected. And it can be obvious if there's heartburn indigestion or it can be not so obvious if it's silent reflux. So the, the first big discovery was that we had silent reflux occurring all over the place and it wasn't easily being diagnosed. Well, we started using the purple pills and we thought, gee, this is pretty good. Patients are getting better. What we've now found out, however, is the symptoms are getting better, but the disease is marching on. 
And so in uh, 2013, esophageal cancer caused by reflux disease is the fastest growing cancer in the United States, up 850% since the 1970s, and it's indeed associated with with reflux, and it's indeed associated with people take purple pills. I'm not saying the purple pills cause cancer, mind you. What I am saying is that the purple pills will cover many people's symptoms, but not prevent progression of disease. And oh. so we've got beyond the idea that you take a purple pill, that's how you treat reflux. And, and the idea that you can take a purple pill and then eat whatever you want is a really bad idea. Yeah, well, that it, for those that have suffered from acid reflux, it, it, it's just not fun. Your whole life is, is affected by it very often, and it's, it's really a, it, it's, it's a pain. But let's just talk about some of the roots for a second. Um, one of the other stats that you talk about in your book is that you know, in 2010, the average 12 to 29-year-old, that's a pretty big gap there, uh, but let's say the 12 to 20 and consumed 160 gallons of soft drinks. I'm, I'm sure that's a, a U.S. stat, by the way, because it's by the American Beverage Association. But that's almost a half a gallon a day. We're drinking a lot of soda, to make a long story short. And, and even, uh, even non-carbonated soft drinks are in the same category, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why the book's called Dropping Acid, of course, because what happened in 1973, there was an outbreak of food poisoning, the FDA said, hey, listen, if we put acid bacteria won't grow, acid is a great preservative. Let's just use acid. And so, indeed, um, I was just reading about phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid is used in colas. Of course, it's primarily a rust remover. But phosphoric acid is also associated with osteoporosis and osteopenia in women. The Framingham Osteoporosis Study showed that relationship. So if we look at things... Since we began drinking and consuming large amounts of, of these beverages in bottles and cans, almost all of which are acidic except water, we've seen women's bones become thinner and more brittle. We've seen esophageal cancer skyrocket. We've seen reflux go from 10 to 40% of the population. That's 40%, mind you, 4 out of 10 of us. We've seen increases in obesity. We've seen increases in sleep apnea. We've seen increases in asthma. All of these things in reality and surprisingly and somewhat shockingly parallel soft drink consumption in the United States in the last two generations. What What would happen in your opinion if every American stopped drinking soft drinks and sodas um, overnight and just started drinking, you know, Purified water in water. some sort of form. Yeah. What, what would yeah. happen? Well, I, 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 and let me add one other thing. If, if I could make two rules, no acidic beverages, which is all those things. By the way, just so you should know, um, uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi are pH 2.4, 2.5. There's nothing in nature that, that's that acidic that we consume. The closest is the lemon and the lime at 2.7. But even things you think are healthy, you know, Fuse, Nature's Own, Vitamin Water, Snapple, Gatorade, all these things have the same acidity as stomach acid by law, pretty much, uh, to kill bacteria. And so if you add it, um, stopping of all soft drinks and consuming water and a little bit of tea and coffee and things that we like, uh, maybe even a glass of wine or so. Um, if, you, if you got rid of all of those and close the kitchen at 8 o'clock, let's close the kitchen at 8 o'clock and take away the acids, okay, 
Mm-hmm. And make one other stipulation. Don't don't over overeat. You know when you full push the plate away. If you mm-hmm. push the plate away, didn't eat after eight o'clock and got rid of the sodas, reflux would plummet, diabetes mm-hmm. would plummet, obesity mm-hmm. would plummet, sleep apnea would plummet, hypertension would plummet. And so you know it, it's it's almost uh, it's it's very funny, but even people who eat really really healthy. Eat healthy if they're drinking bad stuff and, and, and or eating really late will still have reflux. And again, even if they take a purple pill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about wine. <laughs> Give me the bad news on wine. And then I want to go to lemons well, and limes for a second. Because isn't that a very I wanna, different First of all, I want to say something. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you, I understand your question. You might as well finish it so I, I don't get it confused. Well, I, I want to talk about wine because a lot of us enjoy drinking wine, and I want to learn about the acidity of both alcohol and wine as we consume it and how there might be variations between a red wine and a white wine or where the wine's going, what kind of grape it is. I'm really curious to learn about wine. Um, and I'm also curious to learn about lemons and limes. We, we've had some uh, some other very uh, interesting people on the show that have talked highly about the consumption of lemon and water, for example, as a way to break down the acidity in your body and flush it through your system, not with all the water you're drinking, but with, with, a, with a chunk of it. So I want you to talk about acidity. You mentioned you know, lemons and limes were acidic, or maybe it's just a lemon and lime flavor is acidic. So I just want you to clarify that. So talk with us about lemonades, limeades, wine. Okay, before I do that, I want to tell you that reflux does come in different levels of severity. So someone who's having daily symptoms, someone who's waking up in the middle of the night coughing or gasping for air, gets up in the morning and has clearly been refluxing all night, those people are in the reflux dumpster. And people who are in the reflux dumpster have different rules than people who have once-in-a-while heartburn. And so let me first talk about reflux dumpster. People were really, if you will, uh, not able to get, to get well, and they're having almost constant symptoms. Those people need to go on a detox program where they eat nothing acidic. This idea that you take in something acidic becomes alkaline or something alkaline that becomes acidic in the body, there's only mm-hmm. one word for that, and that's poppycock. There's not a shred of evidence that that's the case. Mm-hmm. If you take in acid, it's acid. If you take in base, it's base or alkaline, it's alkaline. I will tell you there is accumulating evidence that alkaline is good. Alkaline mm-hmm. is good in many, many ways. Alkaline helps break down uh, pe- enzymes that are killing tissue in your throat and your esophagus that don't, that don't belong there. Alkaline seems to be important in terms of bones. Alkaline has even been shown to reduce uh, tumor growth in alkaline diet in, in animal models recently. So that uh, given a choice, uh, looking at the trends in the last two generations, it's been acid, 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 and more acid. And so this is, uh, this is a trend worth reversing. Now, if you're not in a dumpster, then we have to use the M word. And I'm going to use the M word in, in conjunction with the Mediterranean diet. And by the way, the M is not Mediterranean. The M is another word. And I find it very, very interesting that there's been all this discussion in the media for the last six months about the Mediterranean diet. The difference between the Mediterranean diet and the American diet is the M word, which is not Mediterranean. If you've ever had ice cream um, uh, in Europe, you get a beautiful, shiny little dish with a teaspoon of ice cream and a tiny spoon. Um, Here you get three scoops. 
moderation, it's portion control. And so that if you really differentiate, yeah, olive oil is better than butter for reflux and for putting on weight and for a lot of other things, I suspect. But the real, the real key seems to be moderation. So what does that mean? Well, there's nothing wrong with a glass of orange juice on Sunday morning with brunch. There's nothing wrong with a glass of lemonade on a hot summer day. What isn't okay is drinking the stuff by the gallons, particularly if it's in a bottle or a can and it's been further acidified. And so uh, the lemons and the limes and the citrus are the most acidic fruits. And for someone with reflux, they're not particularly healthy. For someone who's got esophageal disease in particular, like Barrett's, it's really not a good idea. We've shown that a low-acid diet helps reverse esophageal disease. So let's talk about wine for a minute. So I'm saying citrus in moderation. Mm -hmm. And if you take vitamin C, you should take vitamin C in the pill form where it goes down into the stomach and then dissolves as opposed to something that, you know, you mix and then drink. Mm -hmm. It actually does harm on the way down. It's on the way down. It's the throat that tissues that don't like the acid and the esophagus tissues, the swallowing tube. Mm. So let's talk about wine. Now, mm. by the way, there are other reasons for things causing reflux besides acidity. Acidity mm-hmm. is a major factor. But some chemicals specific cause relaxation of the valves, especially the valve that's supposed to keep things in the stomach in the stomach and from coming up, that lower valve or lower esophageal sphincter valve. What um, causes that relaxation? That are, yeah, give, give us examples. Alcohol. Alcohol causes mm. relaxation. Chocolate yep. causes relaxation. High-fat food, fat causes relaxation. Mint, um, for example, ginger is a really wonderful thing for, for <clears> reflux, <throat> even though it's spicy. So is cinnamon, not bad. But, but mint causes relaxation of the valve and, and spearmint and so on. So if you had a choice between having a fruit-flavored gum and a, a mint gum, if you had reflux, you might choose the other one without the mint in it. What are the um, symptoms? By the way, gum chewing is good for reflux. Hmm. What What are symptoms of a relaxation of the valve? Well, it can be either silent reflux or obvious reflux, heartburn, and digestion. Uh, you may not know. I mean, another one is cigarette smoking. Within two minutes of smoking a cigarette, uh, the valves relax, and you see reflux episodes. And when we do experiments, and 85% of cigarettes smoked are associated with reflux, we think that they're both cofactors for the development of throat cancer, both mm-hmm. reflux and smoking, and, and reflux causing smoking, and reflu- mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean smoking causing reflux. So these things are all interrelated in ways that are sometimes obvious and sometimes not. But I want to go back and ask you a question about wine specifically. Mm-hmm. It's all about amount, and it's all about hour. If you go to bed with a buzz, having had pretty much the better part of a bottle of wine, you're probably going to reflux all night. I shall tell you one quick anecdote, which is one of my favorites. A very well-known New York woman came to see me, and she, both her father and uncle had died of esophageal cancer from reflux. I examined her, and I did my reflux testing. Now, turns out the way she did business was in a fancy New York restaurant with a 9 o'clock or 9.30 reservation and two fine bottles of red wine every night. And I looked at her and I said, you're right, your reflux is terrible. You're going to die of esophageal cancer. (laughs) So she didn't come back to see me for a year, a year. She didn't come back for a year. And this is what she said. Well, she said, for the first two months I hated you. 
and I went around to some other doctors, and they didn't seem to know quite what to do with this. They didn't know much about diet. And then for two months, um, I said, you know, I'm going to die of esophageal cancer. This isn't good. Then she nudges me and says, you know, we're the reason why you can't get 630 reservations at any of the good restaurants anymore. <laughs> and it's true. Uh, when I used to, we used to go out, um, and, and you'd see no one at the restaurants at 630. And now, of course, it's changed. People are eating much earlier. Right. Interesting. Could you give but us it's some amount? It's amount of wine. One mm. glass of wine at six thirty is fine. Um, one glass of wine at nine thirty isn't as good. Three glasses of wine is not nearly as good. Are there it's levels? About are there levels of severity? You, you mentioned the dumpster. You know the, the 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 M group, which of course stands for moderation. I guess. Um, but yeah. When do yeah. you? When do you have a slight case of acid reflux? Is it just as random heartburn or random nausea, nausea, or you know, can, can you explain I to think, me some I of the levels and, and how they progress? Is my real question. What are the early well, symptoms, first, well, and then how how do they get worse? First of all, one of the big problems with reflux is that early symptoms may be late symptoms. For example, Kim Kardashian's father. Um, was always gobbling Tums and Rolaids his whole life, never saw a doctor, and then up and died of esophageal cancer, of stage 4 esophageal cancer. So the first, first thing I would say is, listen, if you've had reflux for years and years and years, you should see a doctor. If you've been self-treating yourself for 25 years, you should see a doctor mm-hmm. and have your throat examined and your esophagus examined. It can be done without being put to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that Severity of symptoms really can be best judged by frequency. So if you're refluxing at night, you may only have chronic throat clearing, too much mucus, you know, sensation of a lump in the throat some of the time. But that may be a significant symptom. If you wake up in the morning with a whiskey voice, hoarse, it was really gravelly in the morning, you refluxed at night. Now, I will say this. Night refluxers tend to have more severe and more advanced disease than daytime refluxers because at night it can sit there for hours at a time. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying is that the severity of symptoms can't be measured. For example, some people have crushing chest pain and think they're going to have a heart attack and they run to the emergency room and the cardiogram is normal and then they discover it's reflux. Uh-huh. Most people don't have more, more advanced disease than someone who's refluxing a little bit every night and has chronic throat clearing. So... Severity is duration of symptoms and whether they're occurring on a daily basis. That's uh-huh. severe. Uh-huh. Is this uh, tend to in general be a daily, hourly sort of a pain? Does it come and go you know, for the average person? Just give us some hints as to what, what people should be expecting um, as they self-diagnose well, the themselves. The most common symptom is heartburn and indigestion. You see these people clutching their chest and bursting out in flames on television and so on. So uh-huh. th- th- those people have indigestion and they know it, and, and the symptom occurs after meals. So those common patterns after meals. The same thing with silent reflux symptoms. Someone starts clearing their throat and their voice goes bad after they eat. 
um, that's a symptom of, of, of reflux. And likewise, as I mentioned, if you wake up in the morning with a sensation of a lump in the throat, you know, coughing with a, a, a bad voice, with any of these symptoms, including shortness of breath or asthma, asthma in the middle of the night, all of these things can be reflux and not actually true asthma. Asthma, it turns out, is commonly um, really reflux uh, and asthma in disguise. So the, the answer to your question is a very, very... Um, it sounds nebulous when I first say this, but the truth of the matter is the hard part about reflux is there's no one-size-fits-all. Uh-huh. And the same is true of treatment, by the way. Let's switch gears after the break and talk a little bit about diet, and not just diet for those that are diagnosed with acid reflux, diet in general. I think that there's a whole bunch of problems. I think we should talk that- about the world's healthiest diet. There you go. We'll do just that. Let's take a break, everybody, right back. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the Entrepreneur Effect. On demand anytime. Inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Carpen, great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Diet. Can you make it fun for us? Can you make it exciting for those of us with acid reflux? And just try to tell us that it's not the end of the world and we just don't need, you know, have rice, white rice, and, and water for the rest of our lives. 
Well, I, let me make a couple of comments about about severity again. Um, I, I have uh, found great good success in putting patients on a two-week detox. So don't get me wrong, the detox is strict. In the detox diet, here it is in its short form. The only fruit you can have is melons and bananas. The only meat you can have is fish, shellfish, and poultry. Nothing fried. You can have all the vegetables except for onions, garlics, tomatoes, peppers. All the grains are good. Virtually no condiments, egg whites, and um, nothing out of a bottle or a can except water. And finally, the last two items, no eating or drinking within four hours of bed and no alcohol. This is a two-week detox program. Uh-huh. In two weeks, what happens is this. Reflux, when you're in, in dumpsters, say, is a vicious cycle. The more you reflux, the worse your valve works. The worse your valve works, the more you reflux. The more you reflux, the worse your esophageal function. The worse your esophageal function, the more you reflux. So when people are in a dumpster, when people are doing badly, this detox program, in two weeks, you can do almost anything for two weeks. You get up in the morning and have cereal, low-fat milk, and it can be almond or soy um, or or, um, uh, 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 cow milk, uh, uh, low-fat milk, oatmeal, banana, a lot of salads, light dressings, little bits of dressing. Always, by the way, put your own dressings on your salad, put your own cheeses, and put your own sauces on your on your meat dishes and so on. So the point is, if you do a detox for two weeks, what then happens is you realize, whoa, I've really been able to fix my reflux. The reflux is really, really, people notice a big difference in two weeks. And by the way, the hardest thing for most people is the four hours um, before bed. That's, that's very, very difficult for people. Um, it took me a long time. I'm a 6.30. I eat dinner at 6.30 every night, 6.30, like clockwork. But once you do this detox program, then you say, okay, what am I missing that's important? And you start to add back fruits. And you add back pears and red apples and berries. And by the way, if you're drinking alcohol and water, pH 8, you really can get away with a lot of sins because you get what's called pH balance. So you're eating something that's a little more sticking, you're drinking water that's a little more alkaline. So you start adding back meats. Let's see, white pork is a really good one, and beef is fine as long as it's a low-fat beef. I wouldn't start back to cheeseburger first thing. And I wouldn't go back to, you know, the, the, the ribeye steak, high-fat content. So then you start to add back things. So, okay, now I'm going to add back alcohol. Now, what happens is you start to find tricks that work for you. And you do low-fat, not no-fat, and low-acid, not no-acid cooking. For example, I made the most delicious lobster rolls this weekend. I got two – lobsters are a pretty good price now. I got two pounds of lobster meat. I dice it up and I put a little bit of fresh dill and a little bit of dry dill and a little bit of salt and then I used mayonnaise. I didn't use low-fat mayonnaise. I used a little more than a teaspoon and a half of mayonnaise for two pounds of meat and it was delicious. We served them in little hot dog buns that were, you know, put in the toaster with and um, with a salad. And, and, and so what I'm saying is fat and acids are for the tongue and for the palate. And so they need to be consumed in small amounts. When you use Parmesan cheese, use the good stuff on your pasta. All you need is a dusting. The flavoring is amazing. When you use things like prosciutto, we can use prosciutto as a flavoring. We, we get a slice of prosciutto and use it in soups and salads and omelets and all kinds of things. Hugely flavorful, reasonable meat. 
and so on. So you start, what, what you start doing is assembling a repertoire. I'll give you another example. Buy jumbo eggs and throw away some of the yolks. So when I make an omelet for myself, it's a three-egg omelet with one yolk. And um, the jumbo eggs give you more white, and it tastes delicious. It doesn't taste devoid. Uh, it's not, it doesn't taste like egg whites. It tastes like real omelet. And you can go into a, a restaurant and say, I'd like a three-egg omelet with one yolk, and your cholesterol will be a little bit lower. And so once you start accumulating these, these weapons, if you will, you find that, um, gee, we had lobsters and clams and corn on the July 4th. And gee, um, the, the other night we had the most spectacular monkfish um, with a sauteed green beans and a, the rice from the cookbook with the, with the cumin and the turmeric. And you, you start finding that you eat like royalty. And what you've not done is uh, eaten a huge amount of food preservatives. And, and I think that, that that drawing that line in the sand, that it's time to start looking at labels. Um, I would challenge an American, I'll bet you can't find somebody who could eat for a whole month without consuming a chemical that someone put in. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't exist because if you clean your countertops, you're going to be cleaning them with chemicals probably. We've talked about that on the show before. Um, hey, I wanted yeah. to ask you just for one second about – Melons, bananas, any other kind of fruits okay in your, your wife? And just ex- they're, in your all, they're all okay in moderation except excessive amounts of citrus. Um, for example, um, some things are more acidic than others. Raspberries and strawberries are more acidic than blueberries. Blues, blueberries have been fantastic in season this year. So, you know, with the blueberries are going, um, you know, in muffins and in cereals and, and mm-hmm. in yogurts and so on these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, it, again, you know, when strawberry season comes, don't buy six cases of them. Same thing with tomatoes, you know. Uh-huh. We love to have the tomato with the basil and the mozzarella. Um, but instead of having, you know, six of them, we, each person takes one and calls it an appetizer. Uh-huh. And so I think the, the – and I will say, I, I do believe that, that, that olive oil is wonderful. And, um, you know, I made the switch myself from butter to olive oil. Um, a couple of years ago, because my cholesterol was up a bit, I was a big butter consumer. And um, it seems to have made a big difference in, in cutting back on the fatty meats as well. So I think that, you know, we're really talking about here, Byron, is the heart-healthy diet with low acid. And it's not no acid. And so, you know, the, if, you're gonna, if, you, if your idea of heaven is to go to a barbecue, you know, eat four hamburgers, two hot dogs, drink eight beers, and then fall asleep in front of a TV you got reflux, and that's nothing I can do to do it, to, and, and no amount of purple pills has been changed that either. A couple of challenging questions for you from the organic, um, you know, natural healing, healing world. Have you studied much um, super greens and, and trying to lower your acidity, you know, drinking greens with, with gra- drinking liquid and water with grass in them to, you know, kind of get the toxins out of your body? And have, have you explored that at all related to acidity? I think the, the, the answer is I have not done any research, but I can tell you there's no way in God's earth that's not healthy. I mean, you're, you're dealing with non-acidic, um, you know, healthy, healthy foods that are, you know, loaded with vitamins and, and, and nutrients. Um, you know, no one has, to my knowledge, said anything bad about green vegetables. By the way, the same is true of a lot of the grains, you know, the whole grains, uh, although I think for people who have diverticulitis, it's probably not, not mm-hmm. great particularly things like sesame seeds. But, um, you know, the, 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 the back-to-the-earth idea and eating organic is, um, is here to stay. 
Um, you know, sometimes people go and they buy food and, 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 they, and, and they actually have no food at all in the food. Um, mm. The lemon isn't lemon, but lemon flavoring chemical. Um, the, 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 uh, the cream isn't cream at all. It's alginate. Um, and it goes on and it goes on. And so I think what, what people have to ask is, how did this happen? And the answer is the Food and Drug Administration came up with these food additives in the 70s, in 1973 and 1979. There's no monitoring of the food industry. They're interested in maximizing profit. And so as you see with the reflux epidemic, it's actually basically gone rampant without okay. anybody ever asking the question, is there too much acid in our food? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no supervision of the food industry. So the consumer is going to have to take charge. If you were to pinpoint three or four bad foods that you just focused on completely staying away from, what would they be? Um, you're not going to like this one. Um, High-fat chocolates is the single most common trigger food. Um, doesn't mean say a decent dark chocolate in moderation, but high-fat chocolate is a big trigger food. It has um, the fat relaxes the valve. It has caffeine that relaxes the valve and theobromine, which is the chemical that relaxes the valve. Um, certainly, um, basically anything in a bottle or a can except water. Um, ber- the, the, the law says that everything has to be virtually as acidic as stomach acid. Uh, someone, by the way, last year said they found a mouse in a diet Mountain Dew. You can check this online for yourself. The Mountain Dew defense was that's not possible. A mouse would dissolve in diet Mountain Dew. You can't <laughs> find a mouse in Mountain Dew. So, the, the, so chocolate is a big reflux food. And, and, and these uh, soda pop or, or uh, soft drinks would be number two. Uh, number three would be, would, would be the big fried meal um, when you combined a bunch of fried items, the burger with the, with the high-fat cheese, with the fries, um, with the cheese sauce. Um, and, um, you know, you can do your variations in certain Mexican dishes and certain French dishes and certain whatever. Um, and, and, uh, and I think that those are the big things plus, plus late night eating. Now, the idea of if you, if you want to make another law, let's stop giving kids nighttime snacks before mm. bed and watch the asthma epidemic get better. Mm. So I think those are the big four. And then, of course, now comes something we've not talked about, mm. which is trigger foods or individual. Um, I had a very well-known singer in my office just today who says, um, you know, she's having reflux. She's been eating a lot of wet watermelon. Watermelon is the thing I recommend they eat, and it's a trigger food for her. And certainly there are plenty of people who have chocolate and they don't have reflux. When I had reflux at my worst, I behaved myself for weeks and eat wild chocolate chip, and it was like having an ignition cap to a stick of dynamite. So one of the problems with reflux is we're learning that people have different trigger foods. So when we say no onions, garlic, tomatoes, or peppers, we mean start out without them and then reintroduce them and find out. For me personally, I had no problems with tomato tomato products. I have a lot of problems with onions. Um, so uh, you asked about wine. Uh, generally speaking, generally speaking, wine uh, causes more reflux than red wine. Um, on the other hand, I couldn't drink red wine because it made me sleepy, and the white wine caused reflux. So I started drinking potato vodka with a twist of lemon. But one cocktail is okay, or one glass. And, and I think what the, this message, this sort of final message about diet is that 
Um, unfortunately, each person has to be his or her own sleuth. And if you're eating oatmeal all the time and you're still having reflux and you're still doing badly during the day, um, although we think oatmeal is a superfood, you may have oatmeal as a trigger food. And so the, the problem comes that when a doctor says, here's a list of good things and bad things, it's not true for everyone. Final I'm sorry, way, what? George. Let me introduce it in case you want to. This is being recorded, so George, I'm going to introduce this, yeah. and then uh, you can put it in the show if you want. <clears throat> Dr. Koppen, our, our uh, host on the show today, our cruise control director, they had a question for you. Uh, so, Jorge, fire away. How is it, if there's any similarities to the things I go through where, you know, when I've had a nutritionist talk to me about having a sodium-free diet, would that relate also to the same way as having a, a going by an acid-free diet? No, they're quite different. In fact, sometimes they're in conflict. For example, Benjamin Franklin used to have bicarb. He'd take all bicarb, we, we know as baking soda, put a half a teaspoon in a glass of water to relieve heartburn after a meal. Well, very, very high sodium. It's sodium bicarbonate. So that acid ions are quite different than salt ions. And actually, um, the two diets aren't necessarily the same. For example, in the reflux diet, we don't normally restrict um, salt. Um, for example, there's a very, very good and acid called Gaviscon. Gaviscon is actually made out of seaweed, or it is an alginate, but that particular one has a relatively high salt content, so people who have high blood pressure and are on salt restriction really shouldn't use it. So the, the answer to the question is, if you're eating organic and you're not adding salt, uh, there aren't many things that are problematic for you, including, including meats. Um, particularly poultry and fish. There's not a high salt content of these things. Um, but when you start getting to medications, when you start getting to things that are used as adjuncts, very high salt content, some of the condiments, and so on, um, you know, salt and sugar and, and, and sugar substitutes. So I think if you're on a salt-restricted diet and you're on a reflux diet, recognize that the amount of acidity and the amount of salt are not necessarily the same thing. It's so great to have you on the show. Um, you, you, one more question for you. you your, your book features 75 original recipes, um, and some of them are fantastic. I've had a few, actually. Thank you for sending me a copy of your book. Um, and I highly recommend people take a look at it. But do you have uh, any favorites for this time of year? It's, it's, we're approaching the, the hot season. Hot I want to give some barbecue favorites. Um, Great. Take the, take the corn and leave it in the husk. Put it in the, in the sink for about a half hour to an hour and cook it in the husk um, on your grill. First thing before you start cooking other things, it can be a hot grill. Um, if you have any kind of hickory chips, it'll add tremendously to the flavor. The flavor of that corn is spectacular. Even if it's a Burn some of the, some of the edges will get burned. Even if it's a hold on one second, corn is fantastic on the grill like that. Um, chicken and shrimp on the barbie. Um, if you cook fish, I cook a lot of fish on the barbecue. You need to get a skillet because it'll stick to the little railings and fall through. Um, it's fantastic on, on the grill. Um, Eggplant is fantastic on the grill. 
And of course, all of the salad, all of the salad variations are wonderful during this time of year. Um, the, 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 real, um, the real killers of a high fat overeating meal where things are stacked one on top of another. Nothing wrong with having a handful of French fries with your lobster rolls. Nothing wrong with having it. And grilled chicken, of course, is, is a favorite. Bob's, if you use relatively low fat meat. Um, you can have all of these things in moderation. So it's really a question of are we going to have you know, hot dogs and hamburgers or do you want to move to having some alternatives? Finally, turkey burgers have become a staple in my house. Um, I end up making eight of them on uh, Sunday. And so this morning for breakfast, I actually had a turkey burger and, and two hard-boiled eggs with the yolks as a, as a power breakfast snack that I, I only had a few minutes to eat before my first patient. <clears throat> so, you know, there are a lot of ways of going about this, and I think that, you know, everybody's a little bit different. I think as long as you recognize that reflux comes in many forms and that everybody's a little bit different. It makes it easier for people. It also is important for people to know that they unfortunately have to read the labels. And if there are a bunch of chemicals on stuff that you don't know what they are, they're probably not so good for you. It seems simple in the end of the day, but we, we, we somehow don't seem to follow the rules. Thanks so much for being on the show today to get straighten us out and get us moving in the right direction. I just make one last thing. Um, if you Google dropping acid, you'll find me in the book. Timothy Leary doesn't even come up on the first two pages anymore. <laughs> dropping acid. And the book is uh, Dropping Acid, the Reflux Diet Cookbook and Cure. It's available at every major bookstore. The author is Dr. Jamie Kopp. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. Until next week, everybody, hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster and wiser, and less acidic. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.